Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Here we go again with another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. Jamie, I love that little, we were just pumping each other up there, not on purpose even, but just getting excited. No, and we've talked about this before, but the energy that we get from having conversations and getting to record, not only spending time together, but with cool people, it's pretty, pretty amazing. It's, it's a gift. And, and, um, I wish that all of you could start a podcast to experience this thing and not that you can't, you certainly can, but there's, there's a ton of fear in that initially, right? There's a ton of fear in that we aren't good enough. We aren't capable. We don't have a clue what we're doing. And over the course of, you know, 15, 18, 20 months, whatever we've been doing this, it's been just this complete eye opener to say, when we put ourselves out there, when we take these risks, there's value in it somewhere. And, and the conversation we have today is, is not necessarily about taking an unknown risk. It's about taking a risk that most of us think we should take, which is, is stepping up to the plate and going to find our passion, our purpose in life. And specifically, we talked to Greg and Beth Langston today, who are you know, the founders of College Flight Plan, and they want to help young people find their passion and purpose so that college, the college admissions transition process is much, much easier. But the value that they provide is so much bigger than that because they're talking about stuff that is valuable to all of us. Yeah. And I, th- I think this is something, you know, that has been around, I think for, for youth, but it's, it's kind of niche, right? Like you got to travel. Like I think about when I was younger, uh, yeah, there might be something in Orlando or Houston or Dallas that you can go and you can spend a week and you can do this self-discovery work, right? But it's not mainstream. And I think that's ultimately their passion and their goal is how do we integrate this sort of education where we're helping people, whether they're students or older, find their purpose, set goals, live life like you're living eyes up with intention. And create a plan, have a plan in place so that you can go and execute the next stage or stages of your life with mm. purpose and then check in regularly, find out if it's going the way that you want it to, redirect if necessary, and and make the most of this thing. Because I've said it before and I'll say it again, we only get one shot here, right? And that isn't to remind us of the times that we've messed up or failed. It's to get us focused on what we can do for the next chance we get, the next risk we get to take, the next opportunity we get to show our best stuff, not to anybody else, but to ourselves. Yeah. And Jamie, I think you somewhere in the interview, even maybe talk about the fact that we don't always need to learn new things. We need to be reminded. And I think this is a excellent episode of a reminder of getting back to really the basics of living eyes up, right? Creating that plan, living with intention, taking steps and getting a little bit better every day. And so I, I love that it, it brought us back to this place and um, I'm excited to share it. You will get better today. No doubt. Greg and Beth Langston. Here we go. We are now joined by Greg and Beth Langston, co-founders of the college flight plan. Let's get into that in a little bit, but Greg and Beth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. We're glad to be here. Thanks for having us. So Jamie, this is our first four person podcast, right? 
Yeah, uh, this is the first time for us. We don't, I will get better at, at asking direct questions because I am super <laughs> vague sometimes. So I apologize. I just have curious things going on in my head and they just come out. So I will try and direct them at you individually. But if one of you has a better answer, just cut the other one off. It's what happens in a marriage. So you're, you're good. That's to great. It, right? You can always vote on whose answer you like the best too. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So Greg, I, we got connected, um, you know, kind of by happenstance, but I think that's how life works. Sometimes when you are sharing a message that you're passionate about, you have this way of finding people that are doing similar things yep. and connecting with them. And one of the ways that we connected, you know, you kind of reached out to me and you said, Hey, your podcast is about getting better. And that resonates with me deeply. So maybe uh, both of you guys take a crack at that one. What, what about that statement or that way of life resonates with you and, and kind of where you're at? Well, I'll take my first stab and then Beth will certainly improve upon that. I'm a, I'm a uh, believer in progress, not perfection. And we live in a world that's dominated by social media. And that uh, with these curated uh, influencers that everything is perfect and everything's great and you don't make any mistakes, which we all know in your first podcast with four people, the four of us know that that is not, um, that's not real. And that perfection is a mental construct in that you're never going to be able to accomplish it. If I could describe it away, it would be as if you're flying in an airplane and you're flying towards the horizon. As you get closer to the horizon, it keeps going away. You're never going to achieve that. And so the whole thing is about getting better each and every day. And I believe that you need to measure yourself against yesterday's progress in whatever that might be in your health, your wealth, your wisdom, or your relationships. What did I accomplish yesterday with regards to this element? And where am I today? Am I either getting better or I'm getting worse? And what am I going to do about it? Yes, we believe in so, progress, okay, now you not go. perfection, right? Progress, not perfection, but we all struggle. Absolutely. And, and the idea behind eyes up, right, is this idea that our eyes are kind of at the horizon all the time, right? It's never, and I love that you use that imagery to say, you know, Hey, we, we are getting closer. We are making progress. We are doing something about it. But in the end, like the goal still is out there and it's moving. It's a moving target. That's a constant reality for us. And, and, you know, you had, you had mentioned before we came on that you guys were all athletes in your family and that you you've had some success at that level. Like we know that that, that never ends either. Right. If you reach the highest level, the highest peak of success, you're still chasing something, you know, mm -hmm. how did, how did that experience for you guys shape your thought process around this? Well, it kind of sucks for me because I'm never, I, my favorite word in the English language is yet. I haven't learned it yet. I haven't yeah. done it yet. And uh, I'll share a little story. I used to um, run a company and the motto that I created was often pleased, never satisfied, kind of like your eyes up. So often pleased, never satisfied. And this woman who was in the seat behind me, she says, you know, what does that mean? And I said, well, we can always get better. It's a journey and we're always looking to improve upon whatever we've done. And it's okay to be happy with what you've done but I'm a personal believer that you can get better. She goes, I wouldn't want to work for your company. Who thought of that? <laughs> Who thought that up? And I go, I did. And she goes, oh, I don't want to work for you. But um, I think that ties to what you're saying with eyes up and that you want to continue to be striving. Even in the midst of failure, we might have failures, but man, if you can learn from them and not give up, 
keep going, you know, keep looking, keep looking up. That's called scar tissue. Yeah. And that's part of what you teach, both of you teach to your students and we teach is like, hey, you can try it this way, but it's gonna leave a mark. And so yeah. trust me, I've already gone down this road and it really sucked to be me when I did that. And you may wanna be able to learn some insight from this and do something different. So let's get into that a little bit. And I think we have a lot of questions kind of around what you guys are doing for people preparing to go to college. Um, the college flight plan, give us the nuts and bolts and then let's get, let's dig a little deeper into it. Well, do you want to know how we started it? Sure. That would be great. Good. We used our own kids as guinea pigs. <laughs> as always. all good parents do. As exactly. all good parents do. And, exactly. and we didn't break them. We didn't break them. No, but so we uh, raised our kids overseas, basically, by the time our son was 13 years old, he had been to 12 schools in five different countries. So it was a great experience for them. For me, I grew up in Indiana, and I had never been out of the United States. Greg grew up overseas. He did this his whole life. So, But the good thing was they learned foreign language. They gained a great appreciation for other cultures. When we lived in Singapore, they went to the Singapore American School, and there were uh, 76 nationalities in K through 12. It was wonderful. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was really a cool experience. And as an educator, I was very hands-on. Uh, my degree is in education from Purdue. Greg's degree is in international business. And so as an educator, I was very hands-on in every country we went to. We had to be very flexible, sometimes homeschooling, sometimes having a school in our home. In Mexico, they were the only English speakers in school in their whole school. And so for two to four hours every night, I had the Spanish English dictionary in one hand and their homework in the other, and we plowed through it, but, but they did it. So, but we knew we needed to get back to the States by the time they were in high school, junior high, high school, mm -hmm. because we wanted to prepare them for the, you know, college application process. It's, it's a process. You just can't do it in one, you know, senior year. So, um, it, we were, greatly disappointed when we got back here and there weren't any opportunities for them to learn to grow to, to have that self-development that self-discovery about my strengths weaknesses purpose goals all those things and on the other hand greg was as an international executive was privileged to have tons of executive training that taught him how to be a great leader a great team player gave him lots of insight into who he was what his strengths were and everything he kept saying why did I have to wait 20 years to learn all yeah. this about myself? And why aren't we teaching this to our kids in high school? So we used our kids as uh, guinea pigs and we developed tools for them to learn their strengths, their weaknesses, their goals, um, and how to improve, just how to improve themselves uh, and to know what they will be good at. And, and it worked. We started to do workshops in the area and it was successful. We've done workshops mainly, but now that we had COVID years, we put it all yeah. online to get it out to more, to more people. So you want to add anything? No, I think you did a good job. <laughs> that's how we started. That's how we started. That's, that's great. I, I also am an educator and most of the time, right? I, I do these things called five minute Fridays, which would turn into all day Friday, right? I'd let them ask questions, questions of things that they're just curious about or anything that they hadn't, you know, felt like maybe we weren't learning or I'd mm -hmm. come with, you know, I'd show a video and be like, let's talk about fear today. You know, <laughs> let's just, yeah, wow. let's, yeah. let's do that. 
And then we'd get to these conversations in these places that were just real, right? And mm -hmm. every single time I do that, I get a kid that would walk up to the front of the room and say, why don't we learn about this stuff? Why don't mm -hmm. we know about this stuff? Why doesn't anybody teach us this stuff? Because I think it's valuable. And I think it's important. And, and so I, my question in a lot of ways was what led you to this? Part? I mean, I, clearly your children in some ways and you being an educator, but what led you to this specific need area that is this college to high, high school to college transition, you know, and, and how does that then kind of extrapolate bigger? You know, like we aren't, it's not just for high school, college kids. I think the skills that you're teaching have a lot more resonance than just for that age group, but why focus there initially? And then how do you take it out from there? Let, let me give you a couple of different statistics. Um, and also the fallacy that parents think that the teachers are going to teach them all this stuff and that their college advisors are going to be able to help them with all this. There are an average in the United States of 424 students per college advisor. And so the thought that you're going to have individualized attention for your student is really not well-founded. And in California, where we live, it's 900 students per uh, college advisor. The other thing is that 40% 40, 40 of college graduates today take four years to graduate. 60% are taking at least six years to graduate. And the reason for that is because they're changing majors three times. 60% of them are changing majors right, three, three times. times. And the, the fact is 87% of people 16 to 29 have identified as having no purpose or meaning. And so, you know, I'm saying, and this was 20 years ago, that none of this existed and companies are spending, in, in my case, over $600,000 on training me to determine what my strengths were, how I would inspire people, how I would lead myself, what my values were and so forth. And gaining this understanding 20 years hence after college, after high school, and I said, why can't, as Beth mentioned, we do this earlier to help kids get a head start? And so, as you as you mentioned, we not only do high school kids, but we also do people that are in college and, and subsequent. I've, I've mentored hundreds of people around the world. And so these statistics are what really generated our desire to be able to provide this clarity for the for the young people when they're still in high school. And we've been asked to do it for every age. Every time the parents hear the results of their student, they're like, oh my gosh, can you do that for adults too? And we're like, sure, we, we just need to We'd create. love to, yes. Yeah. Yes, we'd love to. But that's why we, stopped, we thought we'd start young. I mean, as young as they can start thinking about these things. And we think, you know, sophomore, junior, year that those are good ages that's where we that's the sweet spot and they're not too busy senior year and they're still engaged especially sophomore year they're a little bit more still engaged with what's going on at school and then then they start to wander off because high school engagement in the ninth tenth and twelfth grade is 30 32 percent and so that's because you were you were mentioning why are we not learning learning this stuff about fear why are we not learning the stuff that's really important in terms of what's what i value what my strengths are what my weaknesses are and that is why we we do that and uh, i'll give you another another data point is was speaking with one of the senior executives of the local school system here in san diego and shared our program with him and he said in the 38 years that i've been an educator he says i've never seen anything that ties the the new buzzword is social emotional learning of the student, the parent and the counselor all together. Sure.
So what do you, I mean, what's the sales pitch to the parent out there? Cause we have a lot of parents, coaches of athletes and just parents and coaches in general, but the sales pitch or the, the way that you would describe it, because I think, I think of a lot of people that I know and they're, they're going to say, I've got a 14, 15, 16, 17 year old. I can't get them to brush their teeth. How are we going to get them <laughs> to even come close to saying, this is my value system. And this is what, you know, this is where I want to go. So speak a little bit. John, to- let's like, let's be real about this though. At thir- I'm 36 years old and we were talking yeah, about yeah. this before we came on. Like, I, and we do this for a living. We work mm-hmm. with people on establishing similar sorts of thoughts. And there are days certainly where I couldn't attach my action to a value. I couldn't attach who I want to become that day to some, and what I'm doing to become that person that day to a, a deeper purposeful meaning sort of thing. This is not just uh, hey, this is valuable for a 16 year old. And they don't like always do their job. We don't always do our job in this regard, right? We fail at this regularly. And so how do you communicate to a skeptical parents potentially here to say, we don't do this well. How do you, how do you possibly teach a young person to do this? Well, do you want to take a shot or I'll I'll just say one thing. I think with parents, you're right. They were never given the tools to address these things at a young age. We tell the kids, nothing's set in stone, what you decide, your purpose, your values might change, um, your goals might change, but it's not set in stone. And we just want them to have the ability and the tools to do it at a young age so that when they get to college, hopefully they can cut a couple years off their education and save money, not go into all that debt because they know where they're going, what they're doing. At least they have a direction. That's what they're looking for. Kids need to know uh, where they belong and how they can make a difference. And that's what we want to help them figure in the world. So, but you were going to say. And you asked specifically, you know, how am I going to deal with a skeptical parent? Um, What if we could say, number one, you can save between 50 and $180,000 by going through this program. So money talks, right? Money talks. Okay. Um, that's saving one to two years. Number one, how would you like to have no stress going into the college uh, admissions process? That's something that they value. Less stress. I would never say there's no stress. Okay, less stress. Certainly. Yeah. How would you like, what would be the value if your son or daughter could come to you, because this is part and parcel to our program, instead of saying, I spent this money for you to go to a program, how is the course? And the student goes, it was great, or mm-hmm. grunts, or doesn't even respond. Mm-hmm. Part and parcel to our program is the student has to say, report out the following. These are my core values, and this is why they're important. And this is how I will make decisions based upon these core values when you're not with me. These are my strengths and weaknesses based on 200 data points that I received from you and eight other trusted advisors. Based upon this, these are my uh, unique problem solving skills that I've gone through an assessment. This is my purpose statement that I will use to direct me in terms of what college career I want to focus on. These are my health, wealth, wisdom, and relationship goals, five for each when I am 65. This is the major, these are the three majors that I'm going to pick, and this is the area of study that I want to have, and this is how I'm going to use my career. This is my one minute elevator speech, and this is how I'm going to include it in my application essays. And then they drop the mic and the parents go, how did you do that? (laughs) That is what the deliverable is from our programs. 
So speak to, and you don't, I don't, don't give away the magic juice, right? Don't give away everything, but I'm just curious, like, how do you get somebody to be able to communicate any of that stuff? Like what sort of things are you doing to dig into these places? You know, cause it's not just easy. What's your purpose, right? That's, there's a whole lot more to it than that, that you might lead someone to come to some of these conclusions. Very good question. It's taking the wisdom and knowledge that I gained and then putting it through her educational filter and say, Greg, each of the videos has to be an average of two and a half minutes long, no longer. They have to be interactive videos and they have to be uber directive. In other words, you take an elephant and you break it down into really, really bite-sized pieces. And then it has a very specific sequence that we go through. And if I can, for you and your audience, everything starts with values for us. And so if I can take, uh, if you can visualize a really old oak tree with root system, and you're looking at a cutaway with the root systems that are going way down into the ground, that root system are your core beliefs or values. That supports your tree trunk, which is your purpose or your why, which then supports the branches, which are your goals, your objectives, and what you're gonna do with the rest of your life. And we educate the student on, these are your values, you pick your values, not your parents' values, but which are your values and why do you think they're important? And they go through a a card sort exercise online and they pick out the first seven, then they break them down to the top three, then we have them figure out why are these important, who or what is impeding your progress on these three values. And then when you're not with your parents and you're not with anybody else and you're gonna make a decision, how are they, and these are your three values, and you're asked the question, if it passes the muster on each of these three values, then you can proceed. If it doesn't, you stop. Okay, you follow me? Uh-huh. Absolutely. So awesome. it starts with that. Then based upon that, you then go through the strengths and weaknesses and all the other stuff that I was sharing that the parent, that the student reports out to their, to their parents. Plus they also pick an accountability partner who will work with them through the process to make sure that they get the job done because you said, you know, how is a how's a student who's a teen going to do this? If they have an accountability partner who's going to hold them accountable, the light, the probability of success is much greater. I'll give you the statistic. If you write something down, the likelihood of getting it done is good. If you share with your friends, I'm going to lose five pounds or I'm going to run a mile, the probability of success is 65%. If you have an accountability partner, it's 95%. So armed with all these different tools and really coming alongside the student where they are, not dictating to them, but basically having them discover what successes they've had, no matter where they are in their lives, up to that point, that's where you begin to build a bridge. And then they themselves build upon that with the layering sequence that I was talking about. And some of the students are a bit reluctant at the beginning. It's like, oh no, another course I have to take or something. But we we see the transformation as they go through it and start discovering all these great things and getting the feedback from other people. They like get jazzed and they want to learn more and do more. So it's great. It's a good transformation. So I'm, I'm curious about the accountability part and the picking a partner because I think a lot of kids, yes, okay, I'm going to share this goal with my partner. But what what do you guys, if anything, do you do to help them be an effective accountability partner? What what skills or things are you talking to them? Because if we just take two teens and we put them together and say, hold each other accountable, 
right? We all know what's going to happen. It's going to be like, did you do it? No. Did you do it? No. Okay. <laughs> let's just say we did it or we'll make, make it up on the fly potentially. Now, I guess I know I'm, I'm, that's the most negative view of it, but so I guess what I'm, cynic out there. what I'm curious <laughs> about is, is that accountability piece and what do you guys do to help foster that skill for them? Cause I think it's a, I think it's a huge part of this whole process. And I, I think you would say the same thing. So true. And I'll tell you what's surprising is rarely do they pick a friend to be their accountability partner. More than not, it's a parent or grandparent or aunt or uncle that they feel close to. So what, which is good. I mean, and they are held accountable. It's up to them also to, we encourage them after every step, share this with your accountability partner, you know, and, and we give them the reasons why, again, remind them many times of the things they need to be doing. So, and if they're with us, like we do a full mentoring um, process also, we have that option. And so we help make sure, ensure that they, you know, follow through with what they need to be doing, that the benefit is theirs if they do, you know. Because some parents say, listen, I've got the money, I don't have the time, and my son or daughter doesn't listen to me. <laughs> you know, you take them sure. through the process and, and show me the deliverable. And, you know, that's fine. But what happens is even in those cases, when the son or daughter presents to their parent, the transformation that takes place is instead of flying, you know, opposing each other, they now begin to fly in formation and help each other because the parent realizes that the son or daughter did go through this. I mean, there's a lot of heavy thinking that goes through this process that it takes 12 hours to go through in little micro micro learning segments, but the learning that you get can save you you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Plus, we believe that the college flight plan should allow a student to fly from high school into college or a profession. We don't want them to fly from college back into the to the parents' basement. We want them to go forward and have a, a successful career going forward. And that's a little bit my question is, you know, clearly having worked, you know, 10 years as a high school teacher, I taught high school Spanish. So when you guys were in Mexico, you maybe should have given me a call. I could have helped. <laughs> um, but claro, que I, sí. I, claro. Bueno, I love it. Um, so like I've had, we've had plenty of students that four-year college track is maybe not, you know, they think that that's where they're headed. They end up going there. They choose a different path in the end, right? They, take on, you know, I, I was at a school where we had 80 some percent four-year college enrollment, right? High, high college enrollment. And then we get to that 40% number, right? Under like 38% four-year college graduation rate, right? And then you start to look at actual attrition rate, not just didn't graduate in four years, but didn't graduate or didn't pursue that career field whatsoever. Now they've taken on two years of debt for no outcome, right? No gain towards that career path that they're looking at one of my big points is, is directly in alignment with what you guys are talking about. It's like find out who you are prior to walking through the door so that you don't waste that time. You know, and I, I, there, we can have all kinds of conversation about the two years of wasted time. You might've gained friendships or met a spouse mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. But as far as like, how do we go about this process when a student might come to the conclusion, you know, for your college plan, maybe not for me, maybe I want to pursue a trade, maybe I want to do be in entrepreneurship, or, or maybe I, I have this thing that I'm just super passionate about that is not college. What, what, what happens there? And how do you lead them through that process? Or what's the revelation? I, I'm just curious. 
I mean, self-discovery is self-discovery. If yeah. you can find out that you would suck at being a dentist and your dad has up to this point been saying, I'm a dentist, your grandfather was a dentist, my brother was a dentist, you gotta be a freaking dentist. And the student can come and say, listen, I would hate to be a dentist, but I would be the best pipe fitter on the planet. And I will be passionate about that. And I love that mom and dad, this is what I wanna do with the rest of my career. Guess what? Everybody wins. The student is not incurring that debt that you talked about the person who goes and he spent two years in a college, but it, whether it's 40,000 or 100,000 or $80,000 with the likelihood that they can't earn enough to pay that debt back soon enough because they're not going to be able to get a high paying job because they dropped out. There are lots of benefits of determining that you don't want to and you should not go into college. We're, and so we're all we're all for that. Sorry. We're also big proponents of getting experience in that area that you think you like. Our son is a great example of this. His whole life he thought he wanted to go into medicine. Whole life and then as he got older, oh, I think I'm going to be a surgeon. And so during one of the summers of high school, he interned with a cardiovascular surgeon and a neurosurgeon. And at the end of the summer, he said, this is not at all what I want to do. And he went into the finance world and that's what he does today. But better to learn those things when you're still in high school and he could have wasted his years in medical school. A decade and a lot of money. Yeah. Yep. So, so you talk about self-discovery and I think that's maybe a, a broader term for, I think what we're really passionate about is skills. What skills do we need to develop as athletes, as employees, as students to continue to help us down the path towards success and, and ultimately getting better with the things that we're doing? So when you think of the skills that you get, and, and it may not even be like, hey, we're going to do this skill today, blah. But when you guys think about the skills that you're giving and you're developing in these students, these young people, or older people. Um, what are the skills that come to mind for you that are maybe core to that? As, well, you, we, as you layer down from self-discovery, what, what are those things? The way we break down goals are in four different quadrants. Health, there are four success elements as we call them, health, wealth, wisdom, and relationships. So let's take as an athlete from a health perspective, in one year's time, what are you going to do to support your five year and your aspirational goals in terms of I'm going to have a, a, a PR in my in whatever activity it is, yeah. or I'm going to sleep for an average of seven hours instead of the six that I'm sleeping now, or I'm going to uh, eat 2000 calories a day. I mean, you can get very precise and very specific right. from a health perspective, from a wealth perspective which is what you have after you go out of college. While you're still in high school and college, it's educational, uh, educational accomplishments because basically school is your job. Mm -hmm. And so what are you doing? How are you improving your learning skills? Whatever the skills you're trying to beat and improve upon, what are you doing today versus yesterday? From a wisdom perspective, you know, how am I learning to, to be a better pitcher? How am I learning to make sure that I throw a curveball in the better fashion than I did yesterday? That's not just the mechan that's not just the mechanical physical. That's the mental mindset. You know, when I step up, you know, look at the weekend uh, at the BMW Classic that you saw the two guys yep. going at it, and that how much of that was mental? They both have the skills. 
but you know, whole combination of activities uh, came into play there. It was that was fascinating. Yeah. It was. So I, I believe that health, wealth, wisdom, and relationship, you can break down behaviors and skills in each one of those. Your relationship skill with your spouse, your relationship skill with your parents, um, you know, with your brothers and sisters, you can improve upon those as well. And not only do we teach, sorry, the skills, we try to teach them skills with their brains, give them opportunity to learn about the growth mindset those skills are key and not measuring themselves against social media um, and not seeking perfection because that's on the horizon, right? It's a mental yeah. construct that doesn't exist. Yes, absolutely. But, but and progress, not perfection. And that you can do it, have a can-do attitude. That's key. <laughs> the other thing I that I would say said. is you wanna, sorry, the last thing Go I'll ahead. say is that you wanna focus, in order to help a student regardless of age, to improve their skills and, and um, in performance and anything is to focus on their own results, not looking at everybody else's results. And that's, that's part of the growth mindset thing, right? That's part. And, and I love that you spoke to that idea because when we understand that we can, in fact, improve, right? And that these things that you're talking about, health, wealth, wisdom, relationships are, are improvable parts of our life. They didn't just get handed to us. They aren't just this thing that we are now dealt and we have to manage. No, we can grow these areas individually through very specific and intentional processes. Like we now have the tools, the mental, right? The mindset skill to say, whatever I'm getting, I can now apply, not just when it comes to my four-year college choice, not just when it comes to what my values and my purpose statement is, but I can break this skill down into to saying when I have a job and I have to execute on a deliverable, here it is. You know, like I can do that thing because I've now it's all in alignment, right? It, it's mm-hmm. we, I, this is why I love this idea of, you know, Hey, solid root system, you know, like it's just going to give and build and develop as we go. And these things are doable. They're not abstract and on like, unattainable they're there and we can do them and you're you're giving those tools away and and i think anybody that's listening right now doesn't matter your age doesn't matter your place in life talk about these things deal with these things ruminate on these things think about these things and understand that they can change and and good things will come of it right and you can review them every year over time it's not like it's set in stone as beth mentioned earlier you can look at it and say Let me review these goals that I have that are aspirational every year for, you know, the next 40 years, next 50 years, the likelihood of success is going to be much greater than somebody's going, Hey, how's your Instagram feed? Uh, You know, it's, it's just going to be very different. Well, and I I think that's a really important part of this too, that I think needs to just keep being hammered home is that you have to review them. Right. I think as a 17 year old, I certainly didn't, necessarily know all of my values and what what they are now right and mm-hmm. so i think that's you're teaching them an incredible skill to reflect and adapt and keep setting those goals and and setting that course um and teaching them that it, it can change because i think there's a lot of jamie you said it, it's attainable right it can be different if we make different choices if we decide this is what is important to us and, can and you, really can micro correct. Too. You, you can course correct. And it's also okay to say, I don't know, mm-hmm. which 
when we were growing up, you were, you really weren't allowed to say, I don't know, because that was, you know, you were viewed as stupid. But now you can learn anything. I mean, you can almost do and I joke, but you can almost do, you know, brain surgery on yourself. Uh, if you watch enough YouTube, uh, maybe <laughs> it may not be that good, but you can possibly do it. The fact is you can continuously course correct to learn how you learn from your mistakes so that you can improve upon that on a daily basis. I, I don't know. I use this visual for, for students and for athletes that, you know, a, a sailboat is on course, like 3% of the time or something like just a, a very, very small amount of the time because they're constantly tacking, they're constantly moving and it's just go in the right direction. John being a sailor himself here, um, understands this reality is that it's very rarely on course right. and that's just life. Is, and that's, you know, I think at 16, 17, 18 years old, one of the things that I've realized in my teaching experience is that kids want us want to have an, an answer or the answer. And the reality is there's just a series of answers, right? And, and you can mm -hmm. find them in a bunch of different ways. And the best, I, I agree with you, the best way to find them is to connect deeply with who you are, have some self-discovery about your purpose and your value system and, and good things are going to come of it. You're going to find the way more often than not. I like your comment relative to a sailboat. That's part of the reason we called it college flight plan. You know, when, you know, when somebody gets on an airplane, you do not want the pilot to just say, okay, wheels up. You want them to go through a checklist to make sure they're covering everything. Mm -hmm. And you ask them, do you, did you check the, the fuel? Did you check this? You don't want them to kind of touch their side of their head and go, hey, I've got it all in my brain. Don't worry mm -hmm. about it. You want them to go through a very finite process that says I checked the tires, I checked the fuel, I checked the flaps. You know, I know where we're going. I know what uh, obstacles. I know what storms there are. The same is true for building a college flight plan or a life flight plan. You have to go through the work. It's not instantaneous. It's not an app. It's something that you're going to have to work through. And those that work through it have tremendous results. It all comes back to that, doesn't it? You have to do the work. You still have to do the work. Um, Craig and Beth, thank you for joining us. Where can people get a hold of your program or where can they reach out to connect with you if they want to learn more? Well, uh, they can reach Beth at Beth at collegeflightplan.com or Greg at collegeflightplan.com. Obviously, our website is collegeflightplan.com. For your listeners, we've created a special document called the Parents Starter Kit to Teen Self-Discovery. And it has a lot of statistics and early actions that a parent can do to help their student who they still may be skeptical, as you said earlier, you know, how's this gonna work? It explains very clearly how, how they can go through the process, how they can help their student, has some free assessments, SAT, SAT and ACT prep information, and, and so forth. They can get that at collegeflightplan.com slash guide, and they'll, they'll get that information there. It was such a joy to talk to educators right in a in a different setting because ultimately that's who we are and what we do right we want to educate people on how to grow how to push themselves to achieve the things that they think are possible in their lives right to get better today awesome awesome stuff that you guys are doing in the service that you guys are providing uh thanks for joining us we're happy to have you well thanks for having us we absolutely you. thank you jamie thank you john jamie once again conversations with cool people doing similar stuff that we never would have come in contact with just, you know, had we gone down the regular path of life. Right. And, and that's what they're about is figuring out what matters, setting some goals, living with intention, adapting, but 
you know, some things that stood out from this conversation for me, you know, progress, not perfection. We've talked about it a lot, right? Get better every day. How do we get a little bit better today than yesterday? Greg talked about that, like measure your progress against yesterday and do something to improve from that. And then he, he said, I, you know, I'm on this journey and been on this journey, but I don't know yet. You know, like that, that is an unbelievably powerful tool to say, I don't have to have all the answers. And, and I think specifically to their target audience, right. This, this college, high school to college transition and parents in that process, like we think that there is an answer. There's a specific something that we have to find. And, and in reality, we're not going to know the value of this thing for potentially a long time. You know, coach Murphy last week or a couple of weeks ago on the podcast said, I it was lucky in some ways. Like I got <laughs> lucky to be here and we're going to find out if we were successful 30 years from now, not right now, you know, as coaches. And, and so just all of this stuff comes together to say, we don't know all the time, but if we take some time up front to establish what our roots are, I love that image that he talks about. If we're this big solid Oak tree, it's because, our values have been deeply rooted and our choices come from there. And, and that is, that is a tremendously simple thing to think about and a tremendously difficult thing to do in practice with consistency. If you've never taken the time to, to define what those things are. Well, and I think the important part he talked about and we, we fleshed out a little bit was that they can change now. Do they change overnight? Do they change from day to day? Hopefully not. Hopefully you have, you've dug deeper than, than that, but that they can change and they, they probably should. Yeah. Because what matters to us at 16, 17, 18, maybe is not going to be quite as important at 30, 40, 60, you know, and so on. And I, I think the, my kind of big aha takeaway from this conversation was self-discovery is self-discovery, you know, this was a little bit outside of what we usually talk about in terms of some sort of sports connection. Now they have sports connection. They, they, and their kids both played all played division one sports. We didn't even get into that, but self-discovery is self-discovery where we should always be seeking to figure out who we are, what we want, what, what matters to us and our families and where we want to go. I read an article and one of my takeaways recently, and one of the takeaways I wrote down was your parents haven't felt this in 20 years, right? Your parents haven't felt this in 20 years. And why not? Right? Why not? Because at some point we think that that journey ends, like that we should, we figured it out because we have kids and a job and a, and a house with two car garage and like all the things that we're supposed to have and that that journey is over. Yeah. What they do is geared at a very specific age target age. That is a huge transition point in life, but our transitions don't stop because we have all the stuff and our goals and our future and our values should, we shouldn't stop checking in with those things and being excited about those things and having those mountaintop moments because we did something in alignment with those things because we have this stuff that we want, right? That is, that is not life eyes up in my mind. No, it's not. And and the reality is your values, your beliefs, your what's important to you is changing. It's a matter of whether you know it and whether it's intentional. You know, yeah. that's that's one of the big things too for that I got from them was like, this is an intentional 
process. There's a checklist. There's, this is the way we can go about figuring out some of these things and, and you got to do the work. Episode one, right? Be intentional. <laughs> yeah. Be intentional. And if you aren't intentional in a specific area of your life that you want to improve at, I guarantee you, if you sit down with a piece of paper and say, this is who I want to be in this area, you will move towards it. Yeah. Might not be easy, but you will move towards it. Take the time, do the work and you will grow. So if you are out there listening and you have a child who's about to make this transition or even is already in college and you know, this reach out to Greg and Beth, they're awesome. Um, check out their website, check out their materials and you know, use the resources that are out there. You know, I think I, I, I'm thinking about myself, if I was a parent and a lot of people that I know, they want this for their kids, but there's a resource that can help you to put a framework to this too. So reach out, use to use them. Um, I, I have no doubt that it's really good stuff. You know, we spent a lot of time, even after we got done recording, Jamie talking to him and, and just really genuine, cool people. Like I started this out with is another awesome conversation that we get to have. So appreciate you, Jamie, as always, and you as a listener, thank you for joining us on this journey, continuing to grow with us as we grow in our skills, not only as podcasters, but more importantly, as human beings. And, and we get a little bit better every single time we get to do this. So thank you. We couldn't do this without you. And um, as always, live eyes up. <laughs>